Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Alaska Watch. I'm doing something a little special for you. I don't have a Christmas episode really planned for this year, so I thought what I would do is uh, right before Christmas, I'm going to drop two episodes, so that way you can have some content to listen to over your holiday weekend. And, um, you know, if you don't listen to it over the weekend, you can hold one in reserve, listen to it later at your leisure. Um this one, this episode you're listening to right now, is just going to be a real quick, off-the-cuff of movie review. I know I've done two movie reviews in a row of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And before we get into it, I want to I want to tell you, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. So if you don't want the movie spoiled, don't listen to this. Save it. Uh, but uh, I was actually surprised that it was going to be showing on opening day in uh, in our town. And I actually pre-bought the tickets uh, on, the, on my phone before showtime. And I think we went on Friday afternoon at a matinee. And I think every show after that one, I don't think the show that we went to was sold out, but I think every single one of them after that has been sold out. That being said, they are only doing like 50% capacity because of uh, COVID and stuff. But still, that's that's probably pretty good. I I asked my wife. I was like, "You think they're kicking themselves because they're only doing fifty percent capacity?" I think they're like, "Man, we could be making more money if we were hundred percent." Because I think they're doing it voluntarily. I don't think there's any any mandates or anything that that's requiring them to do fifty percent. So makes you wonder. But we showed up, uh, got our snacks, and sat down. And uh, I think it was probably pretty close to selling out if it wasn't sold out. There were some people sitting directly in front of us. I don't think anybody sat directly behind us. But uh, again, I'm really going to get deep into spoilers here. So if you don't want the movie spoiled for you, you probably need to turn this off and um, listen to the other episode that dropped the same time this one did. Because it's more about Bigfoot and cryptids and not about movies and pop culture. So I've always been a pretty big fan of uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Uh, I've enjoyed his his uh, portrayal of the character. Um, probably my, my favorite Spider-Man is Tom Holland, followed by Tobey Maguire, followed by Andrew Garfield. And I've always uh, seen, I think I've seen every Spider-Man movie in the theater Maybe not Spider-Man 3. I don't remember. I think I might have actually been working on St. Paul Island when Spider-Man 3 came out. And I might not have got out to see that one in the theater. But I can't be bothered to look up when it came out. <laughs> but um, this one, I thought it was a, it was a good... Uh, it was good closure to the Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man trilogy. I actually thought at the end of this movie, uh, Tom Holland, because 
from what I understood, and I don't, <clears throat> I try not to get too far in the weeds with pop culture news and stuff like that. Although recently I've really been kind of binging some of it on YouTube and reviews and stuff. But um, I've never really paid too much attention to it other, unless it's something that I was really interested in. And it was my understanding that after this movie <clears throat> that Marvel didn't have Spider-Man anymore, he was going to go back to Sony. And I was under the impression that at the end of this movie, basically this movie was going to be a way to get rid of Tom Holland out of the MCU, out of the Marvel Comics universe, and maybe move him over to Sony where they're going to have um, you know, their own little Spider-Man universe. Uh, with like Venom and Morbius and, and all that kind of stuff. I know. We're, we're talking nerd stuff here. So, some of you are confused. Some of you have turned it off. And the other ones are going, oh yeah. <laughs> so, I guess, um, man, I don't want to like do a play-by-play by the movie. I hate, I hate it when they do that. But, um, again, big spoilers coming. So, this movie uh, gave us, basically it picked up right at the end of the last movie uh we had the cliffhanger of mysterio outing peter parker and basically we see some of the ramifications of that and we see you know they actually he actually gets arrested uh he gets interrogated they interrogate all his friends they interrogate the uh, happy and aunt may but then we see a scene in their apartment where his lawyer shows up and his lawyer is Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox from daredevil. And I mean, this all takes place in the first, I don't even think it's the first 10 minutes of the movie. And Charlie Cox basically says, you know, the charges aren't going to stick. You're not going to go to jail. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get off. You're going to be fine except for the, public perception and then we get a little i'm not going to spoil this part but we get a little hint that you know this charlie cox is this matt murdoch is is daredevil uh he he displays some uh a little physical prowess uh and i mean his scene is literally two minutes maybe three minutes long and the story jumps ahead and it almost kind of i felt like it almost kind of just um it just dismissed all of the legal stuff pretty quickly. And I told my wife, I was like, you know, I just, I kind of felt like that was, that was a wasted opportunity. Like there could have been so much more to go into that. And I mean, I know nobody really wants to see a bunch of superheroes sitting in court arguing over, you know, who did what and who's responsible for what. But at the same time, uh, I think a, a, just an extra little line of dialogue would have really, for me, anyway, would have really like tied the scene together, if that makes any sense. Um, basically, he just says, none of the charges are going to stick. You're good to go. And I really felt like what he should have said or what would have helped if he had said that and then said they've analog- analyzed Mysterio's video and they could tell it was edited and, you know, it was fake. And then that would have made a lot more sense to me. And I would have been like, Oh, okay, now we can move on. But they didn't. They're just like, he's just like, no, the charges are going to stick. And 
maybe it's the former law enforcement officer in me that just that stuck in my craw and it bugged me. Uh, I, you know, I've always felt that the general population doesn't have a very good understanding of the legal system or how it works. And I cannot tell you how many times I have heard a defendant after a court appearance on the phone with their family telling them the charges got dismissed or dropped because of this reason or that reason. And that totally was not the reason the charges got dropped. Most of the time, like 99.9% of the time, charges get dropped, dismissed, or um, held because the DA doesn't want to mess with prosecuting them. They don't have the time or the manpower to, to mess with it. And I don't know how many times I've heard defendants on the phone like, yeah, the cops screwed up this or the cops did that wrong. So those charges got dismissed and that's not true. It's not true at all. And part of me is like, well, how much is this is like they misunderstood what was said in court and how much of it is they're just trying to save face, you know, with their family. Cause they're not, re- they're not really saying I didn't do it. They're saying the cops screwed up. So the charges are getting dismissed and I'm sitting there like, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is in no way what was uh, the reality of the situation. So that's always been a, a sticking point, I guess, for me in movies when they just gloss over details like that. It's like, okay, well, why did they not go to jail? Or why did why did the charges get dismissed? And they don't really, it's just a plot device. It's like, okay, we're going to do this now because the writers want it to be that way. And there's a little bit of that going on in this movie, but not enough to where it ruined the movie for me. Uh, remember, I think it was during the Ghostbusters Afterlife review, you know, and this happens to me a lot is I will watch a movie, especially like a sequel or a reboot or something like that. And one of the characters will be written to behave in a way that does not, in my mind, align with the way the character would have acted in the first place or to begin with. Like basically there's no way that Ray would not believe Egon when Egon told him that Gozer was coming back. There's just, it's impossible in my mind. And the writers need them to be a part for this movie. They need a riff to be there. So that's just what they go with. And stuff like that will happen in other movies with other characters. And it just ruins, it almost ruins the movie for me. It just, I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, it just, and it sticks in my crawl. And I have a hard time getting over it. Um, the Dark Knight Rises was was one that was kind of like that for me. When we start the movie and Batman's retired, and I'm like, well, Batman doesn't retire. <laughs> he just he just doesn't, especially not that early in his career. Like, he wouldn't. So, stuff like that, it really sticks with me, and I'm, it's in the back of my head during the rest of the movie, and I just have a hard time enjoying the rest of the movie. So, it can ruin the movie for me. But, there was enough stuff going on in this movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, that even though there were a couple of times where I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense or I don't think that's right. Or I think this might've been the other way, but there was enough stuff going on and the movie is, has so much going on in it that I just, it's almost like a roller coaster ride. You're just, you get picked up and it takes you and then it doesn't put you down to the end and you don't really have time to think about it until it's over. And that's pretty much, uh, 
how the movie goes. I mean, it's a long movie. It's about two and a half hours. I think it's the longest Spider-Man movie. And, uh, I think it's worth your time. If you're a fan of the Marvel movies, if you're a fan of superhero movies, I think you should go see it. Um, a lot of fan service. And, um, like I said, there's going to be spoilers. Uh, we get a lot of, um, I don't know. They, it felt like, it felt like a comic book. It feels like watching a comic book. And I, I've been having a problem with some of the recent Marvel movies. And I feel like the farther movies, or I'm sorry, the far, farther Marvel strays away from like comic books and comic book storylines, the worse the movies get. And I mean, for example, you know, Civil War, they did their own thing, but it was based on a comic book storyline even though they kind of took it in their own direction, did their own thing with it, it was still similar enough to Civil War. I mean, there's a lot of great stories out there that they have uh, for resources that they can pull from. And I kind of feel like, especially with some of the recent movies, that they've been getting away from that. And I don't necessarily want them to copy the comics verbatim, scene for scene, or, you know, panel for panel on the screen. But... I mean, there's a reason those books are considered great. There's a reason those books are so popular. It's because they're good. They're good stories. And they could do a lot worse, and they have, by not adapting them to the screen. Or at least interpreting them to the screen. But there was enough going on in this book, or this book, this movie, that I felt like that it could have been pulled from from books. Um you know, you, you've got some crossovers going on. Uh, you've got, you know, Matt Murdock's in there. You've got uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, Wong's in there. And then, spoilers, three, two, one. You've got the other Spider-Man from the other Spider-Man movies. You've got Tony McGuire and Andrew Garfield. Uh, you've got all the villains not all the villains, but you've got a lot of villains uh, from those universes. And I just felt that it was really, um, it was just packed. So much going on. In fact, I've, I'm sure I'm going to see it again and I'm going to catch stuff that I didn't see the first time. Uh, Easter eggs and, and stuff. And I just, man, what a ride. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I felt like that um, out of out of the three different Spider-Man men that there's been, Toby, Andrew, and Tom, um, obviously I have a fondness for Toby because he was the first. Uh, you know, I remember going to see the first Spider-Man movie and really enjoying it, and just you know being so happy that finally somebody you know was able to put comic book characters on screen that I felt were realistic and believable. Uh, even though I believe X-Men had been out before that, but I think Spider-Man was the first one that was really a huge blockbuster success. In fact, I think the, the, I can't remember if it was Spider-Man one or two. I'm pretty sure it was the first one. I remember going into the theater to watch it. And like one of the employees of the theater was like, so disgusted with the long lines. He just like quit right in the middle of a shift. He was just like, I can't handle this. I'm leaving. And the manager was like, Oh no, wait, come back. <laughs> um, it was packed. I mean, packed. 
And I just remember like being elated that finally, you know, comic books were getting their due, you know, finally comic books were becoming cool. And so I always had a fondness for Toby and Spider-Man three. I didn't think was that great. I think I've only seen it once. And that seems to be kind of the, um, curse of a lot of movies, you know, too much, the too much of a good thing. They finally get to the third one and they's like, they just don't seem to know what to do with it. And they either like just make a carbon copy of the same movie three times or they take it too far in a different direction, try to cram too much in, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say. And, uh, you could literally, you could say that there's too much in this movie, but it doesn't feel like it. Not to me, you know, it didn't feel like Spider-Man three where they had too many things going on, too many characters. They had probably twice or more as many characters in this movie as they did Spider-Man three, but it didn't, it didn't feel like Spider-Man three. And um, then Andrew Garfield came along. Um, I, I didn't care a whole lot. Probably Andrew Garfield was probably my least favorite Spider-Man out of all of them. And I have to say by the end of No Way Home, Andrew Garfield was probably my sp- favorite Spider-Man in that movie. Uh, I really feel like they they gave him some room to um, to act and to breathe and to really like get into the uh, audience's head and just kind of feel what he was feeling. And I just really enjoyed it. And I love, he's got a really cool scene toward the end where basically it's almost like a little um, therapeutic moment for him where he gets to save somebody that's falling. uh, And he, he actually, uh, you know, saves them. And like in Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man two, when uh, he tried to save Gwen, he, he wasn't able to, and you can just see the uh, emotion on his face. And it's just a great, great scene in the movie. And I just feel like they did a lot with uh, Andrew in, in this film. It was very much, um, it was it was very Andrew friendly, I guess I could say. Uh, but Toby, you know, he gets his he gets his scenes too. He gets some really good lines. He gets some good dialogue. He gets some good scenes. But um, for me, and I think for a lot of people, because I've seen some reactions online, and I've seen some people like, you know, we we need more Andrew Garfield Spider Man, more Andrew Garfield Spider Man, you know. We need an amazing Spider-Man three. So I, I guess I'm not the only one. And I guess a lot of people feel that way. And uh, I have to say at this point, I'm all for it. I think we, you know, why not? I don't see why they can't have multiple versions of the same character going at once. Why not? I mean, we understand that they each have their own universe, I guess, multiverse. I'm using quote fingers. So why not? Why not do it? Um, you know, they can't do, they're not going to, they got nothing to lose, but money, I guess. And, um, amazing, amazingly, uh, no way home is shattering box office records. I think it's even doing better than some pre pandemic, uh, movies as far as the box office goes. So happy to see that, uh, you know, some of the box offices for their movies like Eternals and Shang-Chi that, they were kind of bragging about, uh, basically were, <laughs> were nothing compared to what Spider-Man's doing. But, uh, I mean, I, you do have the character recognition with that. I mean, everybody knows who Spider-Man is. Uh, there was a lot of hype, uh, surrounding the movie. 
they actually kept the inclusion of Toby and, and um, Andrew as, as secret as they could, uh, which I I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, I think if maybe two weeks before this movie came out, if they had released a trailer, just just teasing, not not even like a full reveal, but just teasing their involvement, I think uh, they probably would have. I think they probably would have had a maybe even more successful opening weekend. I think there were probably some people out there that were like, "Well, I'll wait to see what the word of mouth is, and then I'll I'll go." And it was literally, I think the movie had been out for a couple of hours on opening day, and I went on Twitter, and it was spoiled for me pretty much. People were literally posting um, videos of the uh, reveal of of Toby and, and Andrew on Twitter. But I kind of, I mean, I kind of knew it was going to happen anyway. I mean, I didn't know, but it was pretty much a, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. No, we're not going to be in that movie kind of situation. And I think they used the characters uh, pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty well. Uh, I was happy to see they included some, you know, as long as long and busy as the movie is, they included some scenes for the characters to just sit and talk a little bit. I don't feel like the, I, in fact, I feel like these scenes could have went a little longer and I would have enjoyed it. I mean, they could probably just film those three characters sitting in a, in a room and talking and telling each other about their adventures and lives and about their worlds. And I probably would just eat it up. I'd probably think it was great. Uh, but they did throw in some little, you know, scenes where they get to sit around, they get to talk. Uh, there's a really funny one where they're talking about, um, Toby McGuire's character who has, you know, of course he has natural webs, um, web shooters in his arms and Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield do not, they have to, you know, make web shooters and make web fluid. And there's kind of a, a, a little scene where they're like talking about that and they're like, why, you know, and, and it's kind of weird. Cause Toby actually is like, I don't know if I'm comfortable talking about this. And <laughs> It's almost like he's kind of a, a ashamed of his um, natural web shooters. And uh, then, you, you know, you get to hear the other guys talk about like, well, why, you know, why is it it's so cool? And then I think one of them asks, like, does it come out anywhere else? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> it's a fun movie. Uh, it's a little on the long side. So I don't know if uh, younger kids will be able to sit still the entire time. But, man, it's, um, it's a, good, um, a good addition to the... Uh, spider-man mcu movies and i kind of feel like this one is actually um it's it's kind of like a reset at the end of the movie you know a lot of people complain that tom holland spider-man was kind of like iron man jr and he was being set up to take over the iron man role in the mcu which is not something i don't think they've ever really done with him in the comics i think he did uh, for a while work with Tony Stark, uh, maybe around the civil war time in the comics where, uh, he worked with Tony and I think he ended up defecting over to the other side in civil war. But, uh, I don't, I don't really remember. Uh, but they, they kind of were setting him up basically to be the next iron man. And I don't think that, I don't think that, uh, storyline got a very good reception and this is very much a, this movie is very much kind of a reset to that where you basically get, uh, 
back to your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You get back to your basic Spider-Man, you know, on his own, uh, just going out, fighting street-level crime, stuff like that. And that's kind of how the movie ends, um, basically, is with, with our Tom Holland Spider-Man um, kind of... Uh, Kind of, kind of in a, a new place, you know. He, he, uh, both uh, figurative, figuratively and literally, and just kind of pared down. He doesn't have his um, Iron Man super suit anymore. He doesn't, you know. He's he's a, a new friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and I think that uh, they did a good job doing that. Although I do have questions about some of that stuff, like for example. Uh, Tom uh, Spider-Man Peter Parker wants Doctor Strange to cast a spell so that everybody forgets that Peter Parker Spider-Man well okay that's all well and good but so he's gonna basically he says he's gonna brain you know the spell's gonna brainwash everybody on the planet well before all this happens I mean it was like the number one story in America he's he even jokes a couple of times he's the most famous person in the world right now uh but so what about all those print articles that were printed that talk about Peter Parker's Spider-Man when the magic spell is cast? Do those just go? I mean, does the, the printing change? Do they just go away? Is it, would you pick up a newspaper and see a blank page? Like, how does that work? And, um, that, I don't really think that's a plot hole. It's just something that they don't address. And it really, <laughs> and it was something, you know, I was sitting around thinking about and I was like, how would that work? Uh, maybe we'll find out in another movie. Um, there's two end credit scenes at the end of the movie. One is um, basically a scene with Venom from the Sony universe. And the other one is a basically a, a trailer for Doctor Strange, um, the Multiverse of Madness that's coming out. I think it's coming out in March. I don't remember. But it looks okay. Um, Scarlet Witch is going to be in that one. And uh, we're going to see some new characters. We're going to see a lot of the multiverse, apparently. And uh, I'm kind of hoping that that they uh, do some cool stuff with Doctor Strange that uh, they've done in the comics. Um, One thing that I... Probably my biggest gripe about No Way Home... And, uh, it's kind of, it's basically the, everything that happens in the movie, all the big obstacles that the hero has to overcome are basically his own doing. Uh, it's all, I don't want, it's basically all his fault. And that was kind of one of the problems I had with the flash TV show on, uh, the CW uh, for like, I think the first two seasons, like the biggest villain on the show was the flash was, was Barry because basically every, uh, obstacle, every challenge that he had to overcome was his own creation from his own creation. And that movie, uh, or this, this movie was very much in that same vein, but I feel, I feel a little bit more forgiving of it because I mean, Spider-Man is literally still a very young kid. He's still learning what to do. He's not veteran, a veteran hero by any means. So I can kind of see, I don't feel like he was acting necessarily out of character for, for where he is in his journey as a hero. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of my, uh, 
quick review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I probably, I think the next big movie I'm looking forward to is Batman. It comes out in March. I've uh, really got high hopes for that one. I hope, hope, hope that it's good. And um, can't wait to see what they've done with it. I am a huge uh, Batman fan, if you don't know. If you met me in person, you've probably seen my Batman tattoo. So that's probably an easy guess if you know me, if you've met me in person. But anyway, guys, I hope you guys are having a good Christmas, a good holiday, happy new year. And um, we will be back. I'll actually be back. I've got another episode out right now. So you can listen to that one after you get done with this, or you can save it for a rainy day. And we will be back with you after the new year. I tell you what, guys, I've got, um, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to sit down and watch the Alaskan Killer Bigfoot show that's out. And I'm going to have to sit down and talk about it. I, I just can't, we can't have a show about all things cryptid in the great state of Alaska and not talk about Alaskan Killer Bigfoot. I mean, we just can't do it. So I haven't decided if I'm going to wait for all the episodes to drop or I'm going to just watch all of them that are out and sit down and do it. I think I might just go ahead and wait for all of them to be dropped. Cause I think we're about halfway done now. And I think I might just binge them, like watch as many as I can and, uh, and spit that episode out. That might, <laughs> that might end up being a two parter. I might, I might, uh, I might have to bring in some help for that one. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening and, uh, happy holidays. We'll be back with you soon. And uh, be safe out there.